0: Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. When we add to our faith virtue, it's something we have to do, constantly seeking the Lord God, never being complacent or at ease in Zion. We must be constantly stirred in our spirit in the urgency of pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. To do that, to keep that pressing toward that and being on fire for God, being stirred in our spirit, do hunger and thirst after righteousness, then we are pronounced perfect in the Lord, not because of us, but because of him. The Lord states that be perfect even as your heavenly father is perfect. That is a commandment, not a suggestion, in Matthew 5, in the Constitution of the Kingdom of Heaven, on the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached, of what it takes to enter into the Kingdom of Heaven. The worldly church, the nominal worldly church, states that everybody's going to Heaven. Many different ways, many different highways to Heaven, but everybody's going because God is love. But that's not what Jesus stated. God is holy. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. But repentance is staying on course. It is to stay on obedience unto righteousness, which will yield the peaceful fruits of holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So we add to our faith virtue. In the epistle of Peter, he states that. And then we add to our virtue knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. We all know that. Well, it's through these exceedingly great and precious promises given to us that we are made partakers of His divine nature, holiness. And we escape the corruption of the world through lust. The scriptures then are essential in these promises of God to enter into His rest. We see that in Hebrews 4. Paul stating, There remaineth the rest to the people of God, and take heed, lest a promise slip any of you. You should seem to come short of entering into his rest. God's rest, an eternal Shabbat, an eternal Sabbath. If Jesus had given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day. Our Lord spoke of another day. He said, The time is coming and now is the time is coming that's future tense and now is present tense when those that are lost hear the word of god then they shall be saved we always have to walk in the light as he's in the light that's a present proceeding word of god from the throne room itself it's called throne room revelation or a preceding word of God flows from the throne room and it is second by second, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, week by week. And yes, that is required in present truth in order to have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus cleansing us from all unrighteousness. We have to walk in the light as He's in the light. Now, Jesus, the Man who is God, in His humiliation was a man; in His glorification is the Father of glory. That's the revelation of Jesus Christ. He is the Almighty God. Revelation 1:8. So all the judgments of God that we seal, that we see in the revelation, seals, trumpets, and bowls, will be to the end purpose. Of unveiling and revealing Jesus Christ in his essence, that he is the only true God in eternal life, the Father of glory, and there's not another. And this will be a shocking revelation to the denominational church world because this work of judgment will surprise the hypocrites. It is a strange work when God arises to do his act, his strange act. Judgment will he lay to the line. Righteousness to the plummet. The line is horizontal. That is the length and width of Christ. It's all Christ. And the plummet is the height and the depth of Christ. Jesus is the Christ. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. 1 John 5, 1. This is a victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. That is that Christ is every office of the Spirit of God. He is Jehovah. He is the Lord. He is Elohim. He is the Father. He is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. He is the Son of God. He is the Son of Man. There is but one Spirit there revealed in each and every office or function of the Spirit, and that's what will return. The whole world and the remnant that are left in the land that will all know Him, not them, will know Him from the least to the greatest that Jesus is that Spirit. He is the Father, He is the Word, He is the Holy Ghost. He's the Son of God, the Son of Man. He is the Lord, Jehovah, God Almighty. He is the Elohim, the Elohim, the Elohim, the Tal. That is the whole purpose of the seals, trumpets, and vows in the book of the Revelation. The judgments of God, when they are in the earth, will reveal who he is. Men will learn righteousness. That he alone, Jesus, is that Spirit, he is the spirit that made himself of no reputation there and took on him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. God was made a man. Not that God transmuted into flesh, that which is spirit is spirit and that which is flesh is flesh. But when he took on that form, that body of flesh in Philippians 2, 6 through 8, That was God's own body. It was Emmanuel, God with us. It was not God Jr. with us. It was God with us. God was manifest in the flesh, in the days of his flesh. That's the body that God had prepared for himself, the spirit who is one, only one person of God. But how does he express himself? How does he reveal himself? How does he manifest himself to his creation? He did not take on him the nature of angels. He took on him the seed of Abraham, a flesh and blood body. He received that of the virgin there spoken of in Isaiah 7, a sign given to Ahaz. And Ahaz said, I will not tempt the Lord my God neither will i ask him a sign in the heaven or in the earth god said i will give you a sign Ahaz. a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name emmanuel jesus is the name emmanuel being god with us we believe on the name of the son of god that name is jesus G, Jehovah the Lord God Almighty says is my salvation his very name reveals his essence Jehovah is salvation there's not another that's the only revealed name of God that will save you Acts 4:12 there is no other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. That's the blood name of God. That name carries the blood. That blood's in the New Testament given for you. That's the last will of Jesus Christ and the new will, the New Testament. And after the death of the testator, that full power came into being to those who seize upon that inheritance As children of God, the seed of Abraham, which pertain all the promises. That's to us, the body of Christ. Now the end of the world has come upon us. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. They were eating, drinking, giving in marriage, and being married until the day that Noah entered into the ark. After that time of 40 years of building, that ark of gopher wood, overlaid with pitch, there 300 cubits long, 30 cubits high, which is the number of the man child of Revelation 12, to give us, the servants of God, Things of faith which must shortly come to pass. 50 cubits wide. 50 being the work of the Holy Ghost. 300 cubits long. 300 is the number of the man-child revealed in the earth. 30 times 10. Not Moses' tabernacle of which there was one table of shewbread and one candlestick. But now we have 10 times that. 10 times 30, the number of the priesthood, the high priest, Melchizedek, which we are all called to be that royal priesthood after the order of Melchizedek. The forerunner, our Lord Jesus, has already entered in. Hebrews 5, we need to be fully grown and teachers at this point. But Paul reproves us and said, when you ought to be teachers yourselves. You have need of milk and not of strong meat. For you are babies, which are unskillful in the word of righteousness. You don't know that you are to progressively grow up into Jesus and all truth and all things of faith by line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little, going up into Jesus in all things, in all truth, in all faith. The faith that will grow exceedingly, that you've added to that faith, through obedience, virtue. You're honest with God, a virtuous woman. You are in the true Jesus and not in idolatry or adultery. Your virtue. Then you add to your virtue, knowledge. The knowledge of the scriptures are well able to save us. Is that all there is? No. Then add to your knowledge, temperance. He that strives for the mastery must be temperate or self-controlled in all things, in all things of faith, because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, certainly, that would be self-control in all the things of God. Ruling well your spirit. Obedience under righteousness, which is required of God, our Lord Jesus, the Holy Ghost, in Romans 6, whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey, him are ye the servants to whom you obey whether of obedience unto righteousness or to be carnally minded, bring forth sin unto death. The, the choice is ours. We can either obey or refuse and think that we've got it all made as Laodicea, the church there that most today in the Protestant, denominational church world, believe that they're saved and have need of nothing. Just as Laodicea in Revelation 3. She says, I'm increased with goods. I'm clothed, fed, and I have need of nothing. I don't need anything else, thank you very much. But the Lord Jesus says, knowest thou not? They're deceived. You're poor, wretched, naked, and destitute. Why? Because you're not walking in the present truth of the word of God. You haven't followed on to know the Lord. You've quit along the way, either as a newborn baby, you're born of the water and the spirit. That is, if you have repented and been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, born of the water, and you've received the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the spirit, That got you in the race. But Paul stated, don't you know that we all run in a race? But that's not it. Only one wins the prize. What's the prize? The prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul stated that to the church at Philippi. He said, I have not already attained. Here's Paul that's written 14 books of the New Testament. Who has seen the Lord knows the revelation of the name. Jesus has fought a good fight, kept the faith crown of life laid up for him, but not only for him, all those that love his appearing, he was healed of his blindness and the account given in Acts 22nd chapter. And yet he says, I'm not perfect. Neither have I already, already attained. I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended of Jesus. What is that he's trying to apprehend? That which is apprehended of Jesus. That's the kingdom. Reaching forth to those things. What things? The things of faith. The latter day truth in the proceeding word of God that God is revealing now. Not yesterday. Now. We're not in Pentecostal glory anymore. Somebody said, well, I'm a Pentecostal. Move on. Don't stay there. Woe being to them that are at ease in Zion. Jesus stated, I'll search Jerusalem with candles. I'll punish all them that are settled on their leaves. What Jerusalem? The mother of us all. The church and assembly of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. We are to be constantly, as Paul stated, What are we to be doing now? We're to be walking in the light as he's in the light. That faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. But it's not a prosperity gospel of things beneath. Money, mammon, not to set our heart upon that. That's where the prosperity gospel has failed greatly, thinking that gain is godliness from such turn away they have put their whole heart on the treasures of this world. Not treasures in heaven, worldly treasures. The things that a man possesses. Houses, lands, cars, money, financial independence. This is what is counted to be a man's life. Jesus stayed, stated, a man's life does not consist of the things which he possesses. We see that in Smyrna. Jesus said, you're poverty. Yes, but you're rich in the faith. God has chosen those that are poor, rich in the faith. But that does not fare very well in the prosperity gospel. They set their affections on the things beneath, not on the things above. They them among the things above, they would be given to the work of the ministry, providing for themselves treasures in the heavens, where moth and rust is not corrupt, and thieves do not break through and steal. Sell that you have and give alms, offerings. For where your treasure is, there's your heart also. Now, we have talked many times about the rich man that came, the rich young ruler. He trusted in his works that he had kept the law, not realizing that he has to crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. He had great possessions. Jesus said uh, there when he was asked of the rich young ruler, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, What callest thou me good? There's only one good, that is God. But if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. Which ones? Jesus stated those. He said, all these I've kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Much as today, we think we've got it. And that's it. That there's not a latter move of God in the work of the ministry. We think that that's it. We're waiting for Jesus to return in that second advent. And that's it. The Lord will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. We which are alive and remain shall we up together and meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be the Lord. Wherefore, comfort you one another with these words, and we think that's it. But Paul said, that's not it. He had to write another letter to the church at Thessalonica stating about the coming of the Lord, and they're gathering together into him, the rapture the harpazo, because they thought the imminent return of Jesus was right then. And he starts out in the first chapter. Know why you're suffering. He said, your faith growth exceedingly. That faith is growing. Yes, you go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. You don't just reach that place and that plateau in grace and in the glory of God and say, that's it, I've got it. When you do, you're immediately backslidden. Who is blind as my servant? That is perfect. Who is deaf as my messenger that I sent? When you say you're perfect, your own words will reprove you. There is none good but one that is God. And what does it mean? That we have to be in him in all things, in all truth. And that's what he said there to that second letter at the church of Thessalonica. And he says, your faith grows exceedingly and the charity of every one of you aboundeth one toward another. Well, charity is not the love of God. It is the love for God based in doing his will. It's based in the Word of God and keeping His commandments. That's charity. Charity is not just loving God in word and in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And that's where many have missed it. Even Bible translators in First Corinthians thirteen have said love, which it's not love, it's charity. And charity is the love of God based in the word of God, in doing his will. Without doing that will, it's not charity. I can love God all day long and say I love God. But until I do the works that accompany salvation, because faithful that works is dead. Charity, being love alone, is dead. Because charity is loving, not in word and tongue, but in deed, and in truth. So we're focusing on the final epoch of the glory that we will achieve in the leading of the Holy Ghost unto perfection. Just as Paul stated, I'm not perfect yet. I'm trying to apprehend that which I'm apprehended of Christ, forgetting those things which are behind reaching forth of those things which were before. What things? The things of faith. What is apprehending that? This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. It's all truth. It's the latter rain. It's a measure of the stature of Jesus unto perfection, unto a perfect man, what we're all called for. In the image of Jesus Christ, our Lord, nothing less is going in. Those that died in faith, having never received the promise, will be perfected through the body of Christ that comes unto perfection. God hath provided some better thing for us, that they without us shall not be made perfect. There will be a body, the church of the living God, that will come to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, unto perfection, unto a perfect man, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, what we've all been called for. In the foreknowledge, whom God did foreknow, them he did predestinate. Not Calvinism. The predestinations according to the foreknowledge of God, already knowing what we're going to do before we do it, because he's God, still having our free will. And those that he foreknew, them he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. God manifest in the flesh. Why? Why would he do that? Why would God, who is Spirit, the Lord Jesus, make himself of no reputation, empty out of all glory, make void in a self-imposed limitation upon himself? Well, simply to redeem us that were under the law. He makes himself of no reputation. He humbles himself and takes on him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men. God, being found in fashion as a man, humbles himself to the death, the death of the cross. Wherefore, God hath highly exalted him, the man. Who is that man? Well, Jesus stated in John 2, 19, destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up, showing you that I am the father. He stated again, Isaiah the prophet, Isaiah 43:10, Thus saith the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, the invisible spirit of God, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent spirit. Thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. There's a chosen man, the servant of God, that God made himself of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6 through 8. And made himself of no reputation to take on him another form. He is in the form of the spirit. He doesn't cease and desist from being God. He just makes himself of no reputation so he won't work as spirit. Why? Because a man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. Must be our kinsman redeemer. How does God do it? He looked for a man. He was amazed he could find none. None good, no, not one. All conceived in sin, shaping in iniquity. Therefore, God said, I look for a man. I could find none. Therefore, my own arm... The arm of flesh brought salvation to myself. Isaiah 59, 16. He says it again in Isaiah 63, 5. Hebrews, Paul tells us, In the volume of the book, it is written of me, I come to do thy will, O God. For a body thou hast prepared me. The me is God himself, and the body is the servant, just as Isaiah stated in Isaiah. 43.10, we think that's two out of a trinity. A second person, the Godhead, which is a damnable heresy. Who have ears to hear? Let them hear. What is it very basically? The whole tenet of faith. The whole gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Christ, the gospel of God, the gospel of the kingdom is the essence of who is Jesus. Who is he? Well, he's God manifest in the flesh. First Timothy 316. He was justified in the spirit back 2000 years ago. God manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. What glory? The glory of the father. He is the father. Always has been. He's in the form of God. That form is more into eternal state of glory. Cannot be denied. Can't be just put off. But he can put a self-imposed limitation on it, as only God can do. Though Jesus, who being in the form of that spirit, God Almighty, the Father of glory, That it not robbery to be equal with God in all of his attributes, every one, God is love, Jesus is love. He is wisdom. Jesus is wisdom. He is power. He is the Holy Ghost. All of these attributes, Jesus thought it not robbery to be equal with every attribute of God, but made himself of no reputation. He emptied out of glory a self imposed limitation for a while to work only as a man, not a God man, as a man. Why? Because a man lost it. Lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. You see that in Romans 5. One man's disobedience and sin came to the world in death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. Who is that servant? It's God Himself, that thus saith the Lord, and the my servant whom I have chosen. He chose him, yes. That you may know and believe me and understand. God wants us to understand this. To know and understand him, not denominational apologetics not theology taught by seminary, but to know and understand him, that you may know and understand and believe me, say of God, that I am he, Isaiah 43, 10. The Lord is that servant, and he explains how. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. See now that I am God thy Savior, the Lord thy Redeemer, Go on down, the Holy One of Israel. There is no Holy Trinity. God will do his judgments in the last days to reveal his essence, his identity, the unveiling, that all may know him for the least of the greatest. For the knowledge of this glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the water cover the seas. And it's all through judgment. When judgments are in the earth, men will learn righteousness. We see that in the Song of Moses, and the Song of the Lamb in Revelation 15. For thy judgments are made manifest in the earth. All will know him. They'll know the true Jesus then. Not a second person of the Godhead, which has been a lie, from an ecumenical council in 325 A.D. in the Nicene Creed. Or the Christology defined by the Chalcedonian definition of 451 A.D., stating that Jesus, the Son of God, according to his Godhead, was begotten of the Father before the foundation of the world. What a lie. Spirit Senior, Spirit Senior, the Father, begat Spirit Junior, the Son, before the foundation of the world. There is no second person of the Godhead. There's only one person of God, and Jesus is it. How did he do it? Well, he's in the form of God. He is that spirit. He makes himself of no reputation, literally puts a self-imposed limitation upon himself. He's not going to work his spirit. He takes on the form of a servant coming in under the law. God sent forth his son in the fullness of time made of a woman, made in under the law to redeem us under the law. Why did he do it? To redeem us. Galatians 4 verse 4. Well, when he did it, that is God manifest in the flesh, First Timothy 3.16. He is one with the Father, the same spirit, John 10.30. He is the Father, John 8.24. Jesus said, except you believe that I am he, the Father, you shall die in your sins. That revelation is required. It's critical and essential to enter the kingdom of heaven, but it's not full-grown. It is a step in the glory of Jesus, growing up into him, but it's not full-grown. So he states that there's only one God, there's only one person. One God one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, that mediation was done on the cross. When he died, made intercession for the transgressions. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Who is Jesus now? He's glorified with the Father's own self. Revelation 3.21, Jesus, even as he said, as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, a forever settled state of glory, down with my Father in his throne, not beside it, not around it, in it. All power in heaven and earth given unto him. That's Revelation 3.21. And it is Matthew 28, 18, all power in heaven and earth given unto Jesus. In Acts 2.36, that same man, that Jesus whom you crucified, let all the house of Israel know assuredly, that same Jesus you crucified, God hath made him the man, both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's exactly what he did in Isaiah 43:10. Thus saith the Lord, and my servant, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. God is that man. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. He is a so unique, Lag yakeed it is a Hebrew word meaning the so solitary, unique, only one, never will be another. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. He's the only one. Never will be another. Now there will be many adopted sons and daughters of God, but we are adopted. We were never the Spirit of God. We were never God. He is and always has been God, a sole unique one, the only begotten Son, the Monogenes Theos, which is the same, the only begotten God, Monogenes Theos, which is the only begotten one, Monogenes the Yakeed, the only one. The unique solitary, only one. When we get that revelation, we will see it manifest in the revelation of Jesus Christ before Jesus sets his kingdom up on the earth, and there'll be one king and over all the earth and his name one, not three, one. That is Zechariah 14. One king over all the earth, and his name is one, is Jesus only. Who is this Jesus only? Who is he? Well, he is that spirit that took on a body of flesh made in under the law to redeem us under the law. That was God's will before the foundation of the world to bring all things together in one in Christ Jesus, Ephesians 1. And he stated that, whom he did foreknow, them he did predestinate. To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. That's for us. Not for him. He's always been God, but he did it for us. And those that he predestined, that he predestined, them he also called. Now we must be obedient in that calling. Many call, few chosen. We have to be chosen. And then after we're chosen, we must be faithful in that calling. Called, chosen, and faithful to be the servants of God in the book of the Revelation. Notice they're not only called, but chosen, but they're also faithful in that calling. And walking in the light of Jesus in the light, in the present truth, not Pentecostals, but Tabernacalists. God is bringing that body, the true body of Christ together now. I'm not talking about a local church assembly. I'm talking about the church and assembly of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven, that fulfill heaven and earth in the body of Christ. That is coming together in one mind, one accord, speaking the same things, not fighting, not division, no chisems in the body, but one mind and one accord, because only those are going to be the ones used in the latter rain, last day work of the ministry. That is what God is doing now. Again, on the 19th of January, 2019, I'll say it again for your benefit. God visited me, not for any of my righteousness or any of my holiness, but for his namesake. And uh, after a two-hour visitation in Transmerica, Transmeri- Kenya, in Kilgoris, Africa, he came down on me in a visitation to the point I could not walk. You that have the Holy Ghost know what I mean. And in this visitation, which lasted two hours, the bottom line, he said, seal my people by my word. Well, we say, well, there's many ceilings. There's a ceiling of a newborn babe. There's a ceiling of children. That they've grown. There's a ceiling of young men. That's a higher ceiling. After we see the word of God, we're sealed. And then there's a the final ceiling of fathers. well, he said, seal my people by my word. Then he designated exactly what that meant. Even as I sent my angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. I was flabbergasted. I was so in- enveloped with the Holy Ghost that I could not even speak for hours after that. Even when I saw my wife an hour after this, coming to the motel where she had been resting for we hadn't had any sleep for two nights. My wife staying back while I preached this morning service in this Maasai tribal church in trans Kenya, Africa. And I was going to tell my wife, and I still couldn't get it out. All I could do was cry. Tears flowed, and she was going, what is it? What is it? And I saw I wept uncontrollably, but finally was able to say what the Lord had called us to do. Now, we take that very seriously, that what he said and what God said he will do, and that, that determined will be done. The Lord is doing it now. To those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. If God has spoken, our name to you, please contact me. If he hasn't, don't call. But if he has, please move on it. Don't procrastinate. We need to be one. I need to hear from you. Please contact me. Because we're going on to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Moving from the Pentecostal glory to tabernacleist much, much higher glory in the latter ring of the Holy ghost that God is preparing us now for it, for the work of the ministry. We have to be full grown. So we're not newborn babies anymore. Desiring them the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. Born of the water and the spirit, repentant, been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. Born of the water, receiving the gift of the Holy ghost, born of the spirit. But then we go on to revelation. Now, John said in his epistle, 1 John 2, 12 through 14, I write unto you, little children, because you've known the father. Your sins are forgiven and you've known the father. You've got a higher revelation. Well, then what else? Is that it? No. Now we get into the work of the ministry. I write unto you, young men. That's another ceiling, another level. You'll see that given to us in Exodus 28 for the high priest. Paul was expounding on that in Hebrews 5 when he said, these things are hard to be uttered seeing, you're dull of hearing. He wanted to pronounce it. He wanted to bring it, but he couldn't because they were not ready to hear. But now we are. The end of the world has come upon us, the church of the living God, and God is doing it now, and he's revealing this Work of the ministry to those that have an ear to hear. The first sealing in Exodus 28 was an engraving of an engraver, an engraving of a signet. That signet is Zerubbabel. Hey, God, too. Zerubbabel, you are my signet. What is this? This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. What is that? That is the two olive branches the two olive trees, the two sons of all, the two witnesses, the church of the living God that God has called forth now for his honor and for his glory for the work of the ministry. You may want this brought to your church. You may want this brought to your town or your city. We have 18-wheeler trucks. We have gospel tents that will seat up to 3,000 people. Bought and paid for in cash. The Lord has blessed us with it for his honor, for his glory. Not for any of our righteousness or holiness. But we'll bring it to you. You want it in your church? We'll bring it there. There, the Lord is doing it now to them that have an ear to hear. We're a ministry. We're not a church. We're a ministry. But we have many that are under the Jesus Christ International Church in Africa. So that they can preach the word of God and be licensed in their prospective nations in Africa, in the continent. There, Dennis Beard Ministries, the DBM, simply call me, write to me. Give me a call, leave a message, I'll get back to you. The country code is plus one. 903-746-4885. You have questions? Be glad to talk with you, sit with you go over with you the strategy and what God is doing in the work of the ministry. He has called us to that now, all of us. The body has to come together. So we implore you, in obedience to the Holy Ghost, to contact me, and we will work together. Again, that's plus one, 903-746-4885. You can write to me, Dennis Spirit, Post Office Box 2906 Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. You can also message me on our websites, DennisBeard.org, SealingGodsPeople.org, SealingGodsPeople.com. If you want to give to it, you can do so at any of those sites. There will go directly to DVL, where we will carry this work on to the nations. Also, you can join me on our private website. Ministers and believers of this truth, you can freely join up our private website by registering, getting your username and password at jcic.tv, allowing you to ask questions and to give your comments with other believers. There, we want to hear from you. More than anything, in the body of Christ, we that have the leading of the Holy Ghost. Gathering together into one, the body of Christ, need to go together for the work of the ministry. That's the reason he's perfecting the body of Christ now through his word. God is doing it. Well, until we hear from you, God perfect that which is lacking in every one of us, individual members of the body of Christ, that we all may be presented blameless at his coming. Both spirit, soul, and body. Don't procrastinate. Let's get together. I'll look forward to hearing from you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the Real Jesus.